0: Good morning everyone. Welcome back to the Explicit Measures podcast. We're here early this morning with Tommy,
1: Seth, and Mike for our live audience, yes, but for our normal Again. listening audience on other podcasts. Yes. <laughs> That's it must, true. It, it for 95% of the people it must be an interesting, like, listen, right? If I'm on a podcast and all the time, every time we're, we're talking about, hey, we're, we're live and we're pre-recorded. <laughs> you're we're like, readings. you're always pre We're live yeah. and, <laughs> it's, it's and it's early. It's like, I, I, there's a disconnect here. Yeah, anyway, um, welcome to all our listeners. We're trying
0: to be mindful for all of our audience,
2: for all the three percent out of the extra for day all day. three of you. We're trying to Very be mindful amazing.
1: for two of you who listen live and one of you
0: who there's listens left.
1: There's at least two listeners all the time, <laughs> right? <laughs> Tommy's one mom and Mike's mom. No. <laughs> no, just, no, one of one of us is talking, and the other two. is true. Listeners. That's true. There's always
0: two listeners. That's true. That's true. Awesome. Uh, well, let's uh let's jump in. So I have a a couple I have a couple ideas I want to run by you guys just because I've been having conversations around how to integrate parts of Fabric with uh this new PBIP format area, and uh, I had a recent conversation that I thought was very interesting around how do you use a PBIP format when you're a Power BI Pro user like your license is literally a Power BI Pro, and you're not using premium so um i literally had to take a step back and be like what are you trying to do and have to have the conversation because i was trying to figure out he's like the the customer was like i want to use the pbip format i want to track multiple changes i want to build a data model and have people make multiple changes to the data model and then merge those changes throughout the day or you know at the end of the day merge changes back together and i was trying to really understand like okay what is your use case here what's really going on um and so in my mind i was trying to formulate okay if you need to use git to track your changes you can totally do so with the power bi pro license uh, rui just mentioned this month that you can now publish a pbip project file directly to the service so you independently of what happens inside BI.com. i mean it's easier if you have mm-hmm. premium because the git integration just works with it right you have the git you know button it you can publish reports you can pull down from Git and make changes no big deal but now that there's this idea of you can have an entirely separate Git repo that doesn't even touch Power BI Desktop, so your workflow would be: go to the Git or go to your, you know, VS Code, right? Pull down the latest version of code uh, from your Git, open the PBIP file, work on things locally, done, right? It'll automatically change files for you. Great. You can check them back in, put them back on main branch or whatever you want to do and then you can publish right from the PBAP on your desktop. You still have to publish from your desktop to the service uh, because you can't use the Git integration directly in the service at this point for a pro user. Anything else, premium per user, anything else, you could still just use the normal, you know, link your workspace to a Git library. What are your thoughts on this? Have you guys explored this at all? Is this something that you've kind of like played with a little bit? Well,
2: to your point, Mike, technically speaking, if I just had access to the repo, I could just push to the repo and if, I, if that's on the right branch, that's going to go show up in the service. It doesn't show who the user is. Well, you, in order, it won't show up. So
0: that's the, that's the one trick I think that's different here between a Power BI Pro licensed user and anything that's in premium because you can't link your workspace, workspace to github oh, sure. oh, so unless user, you're in that
2: user i see okay. you're
0: falling but the th- the funny thing here Tommy, is you're falling into the same thing that i was like that's exactly what i went to i was like <laughs> well this is amazing like use it yeah we love you, you to use it. and then sure. i was and then i was like wait a minute you can't get it from the you can't get it from desktop or the Git into the service without using premium workspace. Yeah. Correct.
2: Technically speaking, you got people outside your organization working on reports for you. Just put in the repo.
0: Correct. Yes. Have them work off the repo, right? Build things there and then check things, check out on the repo and then you're good to go. (laughs) Anyways, I was just in my mind, I was like, Oh, there's an aha moment here. So there's, I think there's almost like a, a session here around how to work with Git as a pro user, how to work with Git as a premium user, because the experience between the two or the process on how you would build and develop things is going to be uniquely different between those two spaces. Now there's going to be some similarities, yeah. right? You're going to have check in check outs, you're going to have branching like your team and this is where I was trying to think about like what does the team of engineers need to understand because git is brand new hmm. to a lot of these business developers. They have you know yeah, like they understand a couple words like branching, but like when I went to this like Let me give you one example. I'm getting really excited here, I'm sorry. When you have the model, so again, going really deep into the PBIP format, there is this model.bim file. The model.bim file describes the entirety of the report. Inside the report object, there's also a single file called report.json. These two objects, anything you change on the landscape, the look of the report, add visuals, add pages, the, the report file will just change. So it's not like Timdle, which is, and this is a format that Microsoft is going to be using eventually for, I think, the PBIP format, but the Timdle format breaks everything down into files that are smaller, that's better for checking in and checking out with Git. The way things are right now, yes, you can use the PBIP format, but when you change something, you get basically two massive files that change, and you have to sift through this really long model.bim and figure out what part of JSON actually adjusted itself when you add columns or change things. Same thing for the report. The report's not broken out into small little files that are easy to check in, check out. So if I make a new page, there's not a file that describes this is the single page I changed and I can just add that page to my report. It's one big file and you're merging the same report.json over and over again. So when I was trying to describe this to the customer, they're like, well, this, this is great. We can use PBIP. I'm like, yeah but it doesn't really do what you want. Like it works and you could definitely come from a repo down, but imagine you have two people making two different branches the same day and I want to merge those changes back together, right? If someone adds a new t- data table and someone adds a new column or measure in a different table, it's a lot harder to merge those changes because
2: the the merged of changes are coming through a single file. And I think the worst Maybe not the worst part, but it really relies too on someone really utilizing like VS Code or um, Dev Studio because you can't connect to an existing branch after you the first time. So let's say I connect to an existing branch. If you're in the source control, you have to go back. You can't do it from looking at just the updates. So you don't know if there's a new branch.
0: You mean in, in uh, are in you talking about- BI In Power BI
2: service, in Power BI service. Oh, correct, yes. So that's it, another thing where- But well, that's different, I, that's, that's a different- I That's I mean, part of the process though, right? I mean, if, I, if I'm if i working on something, I don't want to necessarily publish new because yes. I'm going to see that in the service. So you're that's a whole other layer here. I'm not saying that's yes. a different part, but a whole other layer here too.
0: It's going to be, it's kind of tricky. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to go about this even thinking through like where does git live inside let's imagine you are in premium yeah you have dev test and prod maybe you're using deployment pipelines what does that look like does how does that work it. with yeah. your how does that work with your pipeline and i and I, I i liken to think here that you're i'm trying to figure out how how do you justify or how do you make sure that each of the branches are doing or each of the environments are doing code branching correctly do you have three branches that are dev, test, and prod that match each of the environments, or do you have just main that lives in all of them, and then you only push reports through to the environments slowly so that we don't accidentally push all ch- all changes at once? I think there's still some work here for people to figure out what's the best pattern or what a process would would look like to work through this system. I think there's just more exploration there.
1: I would agree. I mean, especially with the level of comp- not complexity, right? That that you're introducing, especially for business users, right? Yes. And and that's kind of how you started this. So I, I, I guess the and, and I I thought you said there was a question in here, although I, I well I think the question you're is more right. like Have you thought about this? Have you yeah. have you experienced the this before? More, huh? <laughs> yeah. We, I, I guess this falls into multiple buckets, right? Like as as a team building Power BI reports. Yes. Do you need some sort of version control? 100%. We'd always a, read in that. In a simplified format, there's SharePoint, right? I yep. can revert back to a previous PBIX file or yep. file or whatever and redeploy that to change back to whatever the, that that thing was. So prod is still prod, and or that yep. report looked like before somebody snafu'd it. Yep. Um, totally. Where that may change is do you need to know what the specific changes were to the report? Mm hmm. And that's where okay, like then you're ramping up into this manual get process, yes, potentially, but is it worth it? I don't I don't don't know know yet. Well right. And then the other part of that would be are you in a situation, and I've been there before, where you have very tight timelines mm -hmm. and you have a lot of reports to build and you need multiple people working on the same report at the same time. Yeah. Yes. So it would be great like to say, okay, part of our process is Git. We're going to break this apart as, you know, we're maybe delineating pages, you know, whatever. But the changes, we're going to resync every four hours or something to make sure that the model merges together and everything's working then we yeah. work again. well right yeah. so this is another I challenge that yes. i can see but then like but there is there's significant ramp up and we we are talking heavy dev tools and heavy processes and procedures on the back end that most business users are not familiar with
2: and I, yeah and i think two right. things too that are important right now and Seth, i i completely agree because one of the points i was going to say is is gets not more efficient than normal publishing but it's not meant to be and I think it's supposed to go through the more of that source control or that yeah. the process, the steps. The other You can thing see too, every little thing that changes. Right. But the other, I think it goes the other thing. No one's editing the actual code. And I think that's where it gets usually powerful. You're not. Is, um you're going through the JSON. I don't write in JustHelp anymore. I just I oh. just go right to the code. I just write it. Yeah, out yeah. Like... Good luck with not even Tingle yet. Yeah, yeah. Sure you do. Yeah, <laughs> <to be>. no <laughs> IntelliSense, oh, crap, nothing. Kind of um, yeah, I could just see you right there. Like, let's see, where's hmm, that one bar chart? I need chart? a new Let visual. See...
0: I need to write sixty lines of code to get that to work. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> JSON. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, you know what? Hats off to you. But <laughs> but, but still, like, you know what I mean. But there's no efficient coding right now with just in a sense files. It's it's still you have to either use uh power, like tableau editor or you're opening a Power BI desktop. And I think that's where the disconnect is with Git being efficient with Power BI. It is cool, I can see all those things, Yes, but I'm not really going in right now and I'm reviewing it, but I'm not necessarily gonna go and build five, 10 measures and or build another report page within the Git file. I, and I don't think and people will do difference. that
0: until they get to like, right. so when when Timdle shows matters.
2: up, it takes
0: the single massive file it describes the model right. model.bim and breaks it into many different files that are easier to describe per table
2: but still no disconnect but Way still better. no uh, intellisense unless somehow they integrate like the the bim model there if you're writing another they're measure, supposed to be
0: doing that like that's yeah. that's something that i believe there's an open project right now from microsoft to make Timdle an actual yeah. readable format and make it so it auto detects what's going on in there okay I know this was a very long intro i was just having a lot of head thought around um premium pro users and the integration with git and i think there's a lot of value here i'm not sure it's for every project like you said seth and i don't think it makes sense to have it for uh, all users i think there's going to be a very focused area of development that needs to be taught and educated on what git is how to best use it um and to your point seth i'm just really nervous with people turning this on just because if someone takes a branch out and waits you know two days a lot can change in a file in two days so are you constantly pulling the changes back down to you locally are you constantly you know it's just there seen there's going to be more problems with this and you're going to have to figure out. What happens when the Git will not let you commit back because there's a conflict?
2: And don't forget, you can still publish the PBIX and it will convert it back to PIB, uh, PBib. Hmm? So you can True. completely also circumvent it too.
0: Yep. So anyways. All right, enough of that. Let's move on to our main topic today. So uh, our main topic kind of relates a little bit here. Uh, this also talks about kind of like, this is more of like a governance administration type topic. Um, we are now getting this new thing called Fabric. Fabric now shows up to our our environments now, and we have the ability to add a data scientist, a data engineer, into our workflows. There's these, these new workflows. We have notebooks now. We have lakes. Um, there's more there's more artifacts I will call them that are now living inside uh, Power BI. There's now Data Activator, Kusto, Synapse pipelines, like all these extra things that we've never had. Very good for the business user perspective because now there's more options for you to build things. So business users get ready, you're gonna need to start learning things. (laughs) That's part of this problem. But on, on that thought, now that we're bringing more data engineering tools into the Fabric ecosystem, how do we govern this? Like to me, there was this previously on the, previously on the episode of Power BI, there was this whole dashboard report and data set. Like those were the three main things I was interested in negotiating, you know, where do I give people access to? Do they get access to the workspace, or do they get access to a data set? or do I publish an app to not put people in the workspace? So everything in the Powerbioticcomms experience kind of felt like there are different layers of access that I'm going to provide to people, right? I'm going to provide you access to a report that so you can see it with an app, or we're going to go even further down and say, okay, I'm gonna let you have access to a data set and build your own artifacts on top of that. What we've just now added, Is three, four, I don't know how many more new things, more new things to govern and control. How's this going to affect how many workspaces we build? What does this look like in in context of the medallion architecture, bronze, silver, gold? So that's kind of the topic for today. Kind of open, curious your thoughts on on how this works. Tommy and Seth, do you guys agree with kind of what you know? Where you know, what's your perspective on what is fabric adding here, and how do we govern it or control it? I'll kick it over to Seth here. What do you think, Seth?
1: The,
2: what do I think? <laughs> I think?
1: I think many things um, <laughs> relevant to this conversation. I don't know how many. Um, I, I think what, what workspaces in Fabric are stretching here is if, if you outlined all the different ways in which Power BI itself was governing how we share content to end users, This is like it almost seems like we we have that a stretch in the other direction now, right? Mm -hmm. There are many types of content creators within Fabric that are part of these workspace ecosystems, and in are we driving more towards like how do we potentially have to alter the way in which we created workspaces for end user sharing versus now we have like workspaces that encompass many parts of the the data analytics ecosystem creation of data for reporting yes as well as that same reporting right so to mm-hmm. me it's not we're not incorporating or challenging like the way in which we share content because that's still done the same way correct from a push out perspective but are you saying that because of all these new groups of people that are part of an ecosystem and because the way fabric works across that is by expanding workspaces, right? Yes. Because a workspace really was just a container for, to your point, reports and data sets, right? Correct. It was the final Initially. product. Yes. And now it's a kind of a, an avenue across the data estate, right? Mm-hmm. For all of it to happen. Um, so it's. I, I think we kind of we we kind of talked about this a, a little bit in terms of the roles and things. But are you are you challenging the idea that we would potentially need more workspaces assigned to the, like the same business unit to separate out the content builders versus you know what we have for content sharing? That's a great question. Let me let me give you some more scenario here
0: that might help round out that question a bit more. Let's think about. Let's add just one new persona into our ecosystem, the data scientist, right? So we have this concept of data sets and reports right now. We've added this context of a data scientist. A data scientist is gonna potentially use notebooks and build things inside the notebook experience, but they need access to information and or data. So one of the best practice guidances right now, kind of prior to Fabric was, hey, you probably want, if you're gonna go enterprise data, You're probably going to want a workspace of just data sets right you have you know dev test prod of just where you store the data sets and then you're going to pair that with another workspace that is dev test prod for just the reports so now i can version the data sets independently of the reports i can control access to the team that builds just the report side and then i can give very metered access to the data sets so the data sets and the reports basically had their own kind of you know pipelines to get things matured now incorporate this concept of the lake house so do I want my lake houses to live in the same space as the data sets does that make sense does it make sense to have dev test prod of those things uh if I'm this data science person that's showing up to this what what data should they touch do they need access to the data set the workspace or some or the entire uh lake house environment so I you know does does the lake house or lake houses, you know, however you want to build that, as you build data in tables or build data in that engineering space, do those lake houses now become part another, another pipeline? So, you know, before I was managing six workspaces, do I now manage nine? Because now I have this whole thing of lake houses that I care about. So this is this is kind of where I'm going, is I feel like there's a potential area here. We have to be more I'm trying to design the workspaces in a way that makes sense. To not make too many workspaces, but is easy enough to manage and controllable enough to give direct access to the things that we need to have access to. Which lake house? Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say, like, does that resonate there?
2: Yeah. And there's also the complete conversation on the organization of the artifacts, too. Honestly, with all the things kind of being brought up, there's a complete evaluation that needs to occur from the ground up on the design. Of a workspace in terms of not just who but what goes in there and correct. not even not even if you took out the dev test prod which not saying you would but even if you took that out of the equation the amount of artifacts going into one workspace from a uh like one notebook one lake house and a data yep. flow correct and now trying to incorporate into there as well say reports and uh dashboards if we took a step back and looked at the ground up when we used to create a workspace or what we would recommend. It was usually from an organ. It's like, you know, to fit, uh, 10 to or five to 15 reports meant for the collaborators building report and for the app audience. That was the only two considerations, right? They usually had in terms of what would go in a workspace, generally speaking.
0: Yes. I think I, think I would agree sure. with that one.
2: But again, right. I'm going but, back to this data yeah, science experience. Right, exactly. But then like, I'm saying now we're,
0: what data do they need? You know, do, do I build do I build a single workspace that is only lake house related and in that lake house co, the lake house in itself has its own concept of like raw data you know silver data gold data right so you even even in the context of a lake house you have this idea of like maturing and building and, and grooming this data down so it's actually more you know enriched right so do you want your data scientist showing up to a workspace where you have data sets that are in production and data lake houses that are in production? Do you want them in there i don't think you do i don't think you want your data scientist in that workspace so what i'm saying is you may want to give them access to those data but they may have a separate workspace that's just uh, a test workspace and maybe that other workspace for the data scientist again i don't know what they need or what they're going to do with their job but that person could be wanting to connect to data in dev data in test and data in production to do some sort of analysis or only want that one workspace to only touch things that are in production so now Now that you have this notebook that's built with data science, how do you now work that notebook into the production pipeline? Where does that go? Does that like, so there's all these extra stories I think that are occurring now in how I want to provide direct access at various points in this pipeline. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I think it starts with the core, right? And what I mean the core is, are we utilizing lake houses? Are you utilizing SQL databases throughout this process? Because you may you may be doing SQL databases still, you may not do lakehouse, right? And that's going to I think dictate a lot. If it's lakehouse, let's say.
0: Let me I'm going okay. to challenge yeah. you a little bit on I think yes, the answer is correct, but I think if you're going to be getting involved with a SQL dataware a SQL database, right? I think that's still an an area that we would call that's still very centered inside IT at this point, right? So you'd have to integrate again I'm not questioning that you would sure. would or would not use them. That's not my question here. I'm just thinking about what are the things that a business user like when I get in when I get into Fabric, what can I create there? 100. There will be SQL databases we're going to need a link to. We'll get data out of them. Like that makes sense. I totally agree with that. But I don't think a Fabric user is going to come in and trying to turn on a SQL database anywhere because there's no capability to do that today inside Synapse. Well, yeah, yeah, but that is it. A, it it's is? kind of it's kind of a sql database but it's kind of not though like i'm not sure i would want to use sql serverless so i think that i think of that sql server as sql serverless you get a table you can make databases you can make data there but i'm not sure i'm convinced that i want to spend a lot of time on that because i i don't know my hesitation here is the sql database is a more expensive more enterprise grade solution um the lake house is still very enterprise grade, but I think it's a more lower cost solution when we're talking about reporting and reporting of data. I think of SQL as more transactional in nature as opposed to, I don't, so SQL serverless makes a lot of sense because uh, when you access the data, it turns on, you access the information, and then it turns off and goes away. You don't you don't get billed 24 seven for that machine. I'm thinking of a SQL server in more of a traditional sense. It's, you know, you turn it on and it's, it's on for, you know, 24 hours a day, 365.
2: And I would agree with you, but I think knowing the situations you're going to run into also.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. What, are, what are the paths right now? Like we're, we're talking about yeah. um, uh, work workspaces that are for like dev test prod for final, final reports, but at the sure. same time, like, is there anything in fabric that allows me to easily deploy, like if I have a test environment and I'm building things in there? To deploy to a production workspace like that when when you talk about test and prod to me right like that that is not functionality that i'm aware of (laughs) that like oh hey you know what we have this like one massive environment and everything just lives in it and we're going to segment things out but how if you're trying to lock people into non-prod environments how do they deploy to prod Mm -hmm. how do how would they deploy from one workspace to another
0: I don't know. I haven't I haven't linked up. It's just something I haven't tried yet. I haven't tried making multiple workspaces. I don't know what artifacts move through the deployment pipelines at this point.
1: And so, if it doesn't if it doesn't I pick up
0: everything yet, yeah.
1: I would imagine it's eventually going to pick up everything. So what are as you're talking, I'm going to leave test and prod out of this right now. Okay. Yep, let's right. just talk about Fabric for a moment. There there's there's a concept here where can can I make an argument that in this environment there is probably a workspace that i call like core engineering or core data science that are going to be working across all of the data within my ecosystem that's that i'm that, pulling yes. into fabric i think the answer is right? yes for that i think, I think that will and, happen and these are the people that are creating the layers right like i'm doing the rocks yes you know. Bron, whatever whatever you want to call it, the three layers, bronze, yep. silver, gold. Whatever you want to do. Yep. And then and then what happens is it's highly in, in my mind, if I'm going down this path, these engineers have access to all the data. And then business units, ultimately, we're going to be creating data marts or or segments of some of this data or data that's supplementing potentially what a business unit is doing in their workspace. Right. But mm-hmm. that like there's there's got to probably some be some sort of symbiotic relationship, or like we're all sourcing from the same place of data. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself in silos again. Yes, correct. And in that environment, if I'm if I'm in the business unit workspace, maybe it's just a matter of like those like either they have their own engineers, or the engineers that have access to core also have access to that workspace, and they're doing the business unit work in that full flow and everybody has access to everything because in that case, then you're enabling business users on the very front end who may not be aware of these things initially sure. now, but you yep. would be opening up the door of like, Oh man, something doesn't look right in this report, but we've cataloged this. We, we know yep. that here's how it all works. And I have access through all of this. So I can, I can trace trace where the breakdown is happening because yes. it's all part of my, purview and i think that's one of the challenges where as independent services right now in azure most people don't have that yes right like they don't have access to something or they can't do something now like this opens the question of like should they (laughs) right like i don't know if they if they were supposed to have access now without training or education i would say no so I, i guess like I, I, I guess the challenge here is like, do we just open up the workspace to the existing users that we would have that would, the normal BI developers anyway, that would be generating the reports? And I would, I'd probably argue, yeah.
2: Well, I think this, to, I, Mike, I love you to answer a question here because I think this dictates a lot of this. How large is then a single lake house? Does, how many reports in a sense does it encompass? Is it acting like a single data set for multiple reports or, are we going to have multiple data sets off of it? Is it treated as like a department level lake house? Are we creating multiple lake houses? This
1: is a, a great is question. going
2: to, I think also dictate how large that workspace or what's in that workspace.
1: Yeah. But that wouldn't that be something that you would stick in a core, core location and then you would share. That's those, what I'm thinking. Those well, data sets to the other workspaces. Well,
0: and this is and like this is where you're
1: sharing the it, component. Like you, they sure. don't need to see all the layers. No, they, like but does do all of those other workspaces have access to the gold layer probably Probably i yeah. would
2: I would imagine at least in my head that maybe you have a larger i'm not sure of the size yet but the lake house would serve multiple data sets and we're utilizing i would shortcuts. hope so yeah and again but we're, we're utilizing the shortcut feature to the other workspaces but again oh man this is getting good this yeah but you good. also so, don't want 10 like how many like 20 lake houses in a workspace with all the artifacts that's unman from a manageable point of view too
0: not sure i agree there yet so so lake houses are designed to be super big yeah by their design right so you know the, the idea here is i need to figure out a way to to allow people to so let me say it this way the way Microsoft has described the lake house, in my mind, in my mental model, they they describe things wrong. The, the, the language they're using to describe one lake versus lake house versus data sets in my mind is different. If I had to take this from a equivalent SQL standpoint, I would say one lake is technically the, the one lake icon. That is technically the lake house. The idea of a lake house is this massive thing that where all your data lives. You can search from it anywhere, and you're now giving permissions down to table level details on things, right? So that's that is the concept of one lake. When we talk about a lake house, the way that Microsoft describes it, I think of that as being the equivalent of the database. So the the one lake is equivalent to the server. The lake house is equivalent to a database. So if you if you're a SQL developer, that that's how my mental model works here. Uh, the server can host many databases. Um, Now, when we go into this concept of Lakehouse, right, in your, you'll have these areas of enrichment of data. And then the same way that I'm doing metered access to production, and I think, I'm thinking, you know, in the production environment, everything's read only, right? Production is a read only environment for reports and data sets. Yes, you can connect to them, but you're not making changes on that stuff. You're doing those changes somewhere else, making sure those changes are good, and then bringing it to that production workspace. So I feel like the same thing happens around the lake houses. So the lake house, you'd have this medallion architecture, bronze and silver, they're usually not in a place. Those tables are not ready to go for people to use them. So those areas are usually relegated to only developers. And only after we get things through into a final state, the gold layer, that's when we want to start exposing things to a broader audience. So again, I'm just trying to think like you either, Throw everything in one workspace and then manage so nobody has access to the workspace, but you manage everything with access via, you know, security groups. I'm gonna add the security group permissions to this lake house in this workspace. Or you give some more capability and you add more contributors to the workspace to allow them to actually work inside those fabric elements. And so this is this is where I'm having a lot more thought around this. Because there's just there's just so many more options here now, and if I think about like let's just talk about data flows, data sets, and Power BI. So the report of the report, sorry, data flows, data sets, and and reports. The report level access is one layer of access. If I want to give more access, I could give access to the data set, which means now I have a relationship model. I've got measures. I'm giving you other data. It's still enriched. It's still better than just raw tables. But I'm giving you some more access. You could even go even further and say, I'm gonna give you raw table access now as well. But the table access was like things that are coming out of a data flow. And if you're not using data flow, then that doesn't isn't relevant to you. So if you think about those layers, you have table, data set, and report. Now we've added maybe one layer before that that is now lake house, or maybe those tables no longer live in data flows. And now you have this lake house structure that could have many more tables, and then you know take that table architecture and say, okay. Well, there are different quality level tables. There's a bronze, silver, gold data in that area. So what level of those tables? It just gets so much more evolved here. And you really need to have a strategy around what do you care about? And what are you allowing people to have access to? Because I don't think you want to give access to everyone right day one out of the box because it's just going to turn into a big mess of stuff. It's just going to get more messy than it already is.
1: Because like, and, and clarify for me, because security currently is set up well, like once you is on the workspace level right
0: well that's one Cross. layer of
1: security yeah you have you have security at right today
0: right yeah. you have security at the app level audiences apps that's one layer of security Two actually there's two, two layers of security then you go down to the workspace security level and then you now have security individually onto the data set so i can give you access to the data set without giving you access to the the workspace
1: the, yeah but all the work all if i'm if i'm part of a workspace in fabric and yeah. we have a lake house and that is part of my workspace is that user defined at the moment i know like it's going to be at some point isn't it i believe you can actually manage permissions down to the lake house already
0: so right. in the same way you can manage permissions to the uh, data set so nobody has like so example prod workspace i have a data set I cannot give anyone access to the workspace, but I can give them access to have build permissions on the data set, meaning they can go build their own Excel sheets.
1: Same what's, thing happens at a lakehouse. What's the experience where um, and you guys have played with this more than I have if i if I build a a lakehouse in a workspace and I share share access or share table to a different workspace, can that other workspace build on top of the lakehouse or build like or is it like creating,
2: create short yeah
1: you create your own repository of data that, that <coughs> like virtually links here to that table yes, I know and yeah. herein
2: so,
0: lies my predicament so I believe so I think the answer is yes Seth I think so the answer is you could you're build more your own thing in your correct space. so yeah. so this is and this is why I think oh man this is getting good okay so shortcuts to other data set is very yeah. relevant because I can have one table mm-hmm. of truth and I can give that table to other team members multiple right. But when you're giving access to a lake house, you can then give access. And again, I think one security might address this more f- fully in the future where I can actually give access to an individual table object inside. Yeah, so, it
1: won't matter what workspace you're in. These correct. objects themselves exactly. understand who yes. you are and what exactly. levels you should have.
0: Exactly right. But right now, again, because we don't have one security at the table level or even the file level, right? So imagine folders in the files because a lake house has files and fo- and tables. The files area could have a folder, and you can provide access to a folder for people to then read. And if I look right now at the access permissions for Fabric right now at a Lakehouse level, if you add permissions to Lakehouse, you can add read all SQL endpoint data, read all Spark data. So I can provide read level access to different compute engines to an individual user. So the idea being, I could have a separate workspace that I do build things in, I could make shortcuts to this data sets. And have that appear in my other workspace so this is this to me at some level this gets very this this could be very much a problem for organizations because if you start exposing the lake house itself and allowing shortcuts to be made everywhere anytime you change those tables if you delete columns you now have a wider impact potentially of deleting or removing or adjusting other people's data in other places it gets
1: more squirrely not, not really like you can't you can't modify unless you have permissions on those core data sets you wouldn't be able to modify them
0: but like what you're, what in a read only data set if i delete a column and you're using it then you have a problem
1: oh you're saying downstream effect downstream do. of that yeah so so that's so like there's, there's two parts of this that i'm torn on right okay. one is one is okay from from a build standpoint if i was starting from scratch right Which, yeah all of us are, right? All like of us. us. Clean we're, environment. Totally. No we're, mess. We're, brand new companies all <laughs> over the place. Um, is, is the, okay, I have a core data set. I can share that with people. And then you, you're integrating your business user, right? Like the people who, with all the domain knowledge, and you're building out your data mark, right? And it comes from the same core data. I think that, that makes sense, right? Then that belongs in the workspace. It's great. But what's missing here is how do I certify that? And or how do I reuse what they're creating in other parts of the environment? Like, it's almost like what should be happening or what should happen here is like, if we're creating a lake house for the organization as a source of data, and then we're building out different cuts of it called a data mart, right? Yeah. Um, How does like, what's the path to get that back into core? Right. Mm -hmm. So that, hey. Like great, I want these people to manage it, but they shouldn't manage it in this workspace silo, right? Like it should be part of an overall thing that everybody can yes. use. And and it would it shouldn't be unless unless the environment is just going to work work so well that it's like oh we share this content with you. Now these people who have created this additional content with dependencies on this are sharing this with you. You're going to need and more. Now you're ins- going to create a third third. Yep. version of this yep and that that's going to be shared with the organization unless all of this is just like here's shared stuff that you can use but then then it's there's good. the governance yeah. question that we can quickly it, go into is like yes. who owns what and maybe that does work though right maybe it does work that like hey i have a core this business business unit owns owns whatever happened over here and they're sharing this content and they're saying this is their certified content out of their business unit. Maybe that does work because then you have the clear ownership. It's just segmented in a way. I think that makes me nervous (laughs) typically from the, from where I built things in the past. But if there is a path here where it's like, okay, I have core, the workspaces for this business unit, they have their own people or, people within there are use, using the business use, unit's knowledge to create these artifacts mm-hmm. and maybe those artifacts do live there but you would definitely need to know in a corporate strategy that this is how you're going to go about implementing exactly. things so that exactly. when things break and Who, it's going to be really challenging for like it's going to be really challenging to modify anything too to yeah. your point what if somebody removes a column what if the update happened in core and every data set across workspaces uses the same thing? How do you test that? And now you throw Can, in DevTest Prod. All right, good good conversation, guys. I'm completely yeah. yeah. confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: Tommy, um, I think if anything, I think you're, you're going to make a couple comments. We'll, we'll wrap here. Tommy's got to yeah. run off to something. So uh, let's wrap it up here. I will say is, if anything, all I take away from this conversation is there is now more important than ever to have a strategy around if you're going to use Fabric, you need to think about what does governance look like. And I think from your comments, Seth, it's going to be more important for us to identify data owners or data stewards of these different artifacts and making sure that we have, don't just add everyone as admin on everything. That's going to create more problems. All right. With that, this has been a very quick conversation. Thank you all very much for, for jumping in here and talking to us about uh, fabric things and things around fabric this is a topic that we will likely have to re-explore over and over again uh, it's going to evolve as microsoft adds more things around fabric our only ask to you guys as the team here is to can you please uh, share this content with somebody else if you like this if this was thought-provoking if it helped you think through fabric a little bit more around how you govern and administrate your various artifacts yeah give it a share let someone else know you enjoy this one Tommy, where else can you find the podcast?
2: You can find the podcast and where they're available. Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, join us live if you want for the majority of you are uh, listening. But also you can subscribe too. Make sure to do that. Leave us a rating. If you have a question, a topic, or something you want us to talk about, you can head over to Power BI Tips on our beautiful website. Leave us a question and we'll talk about it maybe. And then finally, uh, we'll see you yeah next week.
0: Sounds good. We'll see you next or Tuesday. Yeah. Sounds good. Bye.